Welcome to Mobile First. I'm your host, Jordan Bryant, and every week I chat with industry leaders to unlock how they're using mobile experiences to increase sales and performance for their businesses. If you're new to the podcast, this is Rapid Fire Friday, and it's more of a quick hit list of some of the key resources our guests use in their day-to-day. And we release these following each guest main interview. But for the tactics our guests use to achieve their results, you'll definitely want to check out the full episodes released on Wednesdays. Also, to make it really easy to get all the guest resources, we've compiled the resources from every guest into one single list just for you. You can get it at www.emergemobilefirst.com and then select the Get Free Resources button there at the top and you'll get instant exclusive access to this list. Now, here's a quick intro and recap of our guest that we interviewed earlier on in the week. Charlie Cole joined Toomey in 2015 as the company's chief digital officer. In his role, Mr. Cole is responsible for overseeing and developing the brand's national and international e-commerce and digital platforms. Since Samsonite's acquisition of Toomey in 2016, Charlie has also taken the role of global chief e-commerce officer for Samsonite Corporation, which includes oversight of global strategy for brands such as Samsonite, American Tourister, Hartman, Gregory, High Sierra, and others. Mr. Cole brings a mix of entrepreneurial and institutional knowledge to the company with a success in both fields and a focus of creating structures to empower creativity driven by energy and objectivity. Prior to joining Toomey, Mr. Cole held various leadership positions, including serving as CEO of The Line and head of e-commerce for Lucky Brand and Shift Nutrition, the largest acquisition of VMS company in the history of Wall Street. So, Charlie, you ready for some rapid fire questions? Yeah, bring it, man. All right. What is your definition of innovation? Scaring the hell out of yourself and the rest of your company, but doing something that is still relevant to your brand that scares you. Would you put more emphasis on the idea or the execution? And then how would you weigh each with a percentage and why? The idea, 85%. And because of everything we talked about at our ability for technology to rapidly iterate and improve within the digital ecosystem. And what percentage would that be? 85% idea, 15% execution. I, I actually think, Jordan, and I know this isn't quite a rapid fire answer, but let me just go down my rabbit hole for a second. Let's do it. People overthink execution. You have to be accurate, but for the love of God, don't try to be perfect because like screwing up, unless you bring down your website, I'll tell you an amazing example. Friday of last week, I got an email from a company called Brooklinen and the email started with, hey, I just hope everybody can improve this email so we're ready for Black Friday next week. Signed, Mark, the digital marketing intern. And I immediately felt so bad for the kid, right? Because Clearly what he had done, and he had sent out to the entire email list, their Cyber Monday, Black Friday promotion, and they had done it a week early. You know, is that the end of the world? No, because you know what? Brooklyn is going to learn from it. And what they might find is it actually humanizes the brand and they can rapidly iterate and improve on that situation. That is like the worst case scenario of sending an email. And it's not that big of a deal, right? And so the fact of the matter is, is that focus on the idea drive the execution, be as close to perfect as possible, but then be self-aware and frankly, self-critical that allows you to rapidly iterate and improve from there. And then what has been your biggest learning experience in your career so far? I think it's twofold. I, I think it's the the lucky brand screw up that I say before, right? And, and I look back at it and, and let me be very clear. We crushed it from a financial perspective. Like every single traditional measurement of success, we were very good. 
But I just look back at it and how many brilliant people I alienated. I just think that that's one of my biggest learning experiences. And then the other thing, and I've, I've referenced this before in my past, the other learning experience, and I, and I don't mean to get sappy, but the other learning experience for me, my mom passed away when I was relatively young. Uh, and it sort of relatively meaning I was in my mid-20s. It gave me a different level of perspective of, of what responsibility and of what kind of ownership really means. Because when you lose kind of like the, the term matriarch doesn't do justice. Like she was kind of the driving force in our entire extended family. And when she passed away, that, that torch has to be picked up. And, and I think there's something to be said as a bit of an allegory there, which is unless you're like forced into kind of a desperate and really challenging situation, you probably don't know what you're capable of. So those are probably the, the two biggest learning experiences personally, and, or I should say professionally and personally of my life. And then what are a few of your favorite business-related books you'd recommend people check out? So I'm going to be honest, I am a pretty atrocious reader. <laughs> there's a guy named Peter Drucker, who's kind of like the father of modern management, who will tell you there's two types of people on earth. There's read learners and auditory learners. And I am definitely an auditory learner. Like if I read something, I have to like sit, be listening to classical music, be undistracted and consume it. So I'm going to give you a tweaked answer, Jordan, which is my favorite podcast, if that's okay with you. Yep. Huge fan of Freakonomics. Huge fan of 99% Invisible, which if you want to get in the head of design thinking, I think 99% Invisible is kind of different level. I think Radio Lab will teach you a lot about true human interactions and the consequences, both intended and unintended of those things. And I'm a huge history guy. I love history. And there's this guy in Canada named Sebastian Major who does a podcast that's called uh, Our Fake History amazing kind of more of almost a guilty pleasure, but you still learn something. So I must, I apologize books, you know, go read Stephen Covey and Drucker, but I just need them to be on uh, audio and I'll be better. <laughs> and so beyond, beyond some of this, um, this sort of information, do you have additional tools, digital tools and resources that you use? Yeah. So I think being a, just a voracious networker is in my opinion, the best thing. Like I have so many smart friends that, Whenever I was in New York City last week for work, I'm, I'm doing this from my home office in Seattle, Washington, but I literally had a breakfast, a lunch and a dinner with just someone who I th thought was smart and, and friend in this industry. And, and I'd say, you know, 60 to 70 percent of the people I've met over the last three to four years that have become really good friends came from this industry. So I really don't think there's anything to substitute from your peer group. That said, there's no shortage of, of great places to learn. I mean, search engine land is great, is great. TechCrunch is a great place to keep up with kind of what's happening around you. You know, never fall behind innovation, right? And, and make sure. And actually, if you haven't kind of read some of Axios stuff, they're kind of a new news publication that I think is really crushing it and is a little bit more digitally relevant. So those are actually some of the few things that I force myself to read, even though I suck at it. Really cool. And then uh, do you have an Android or an iPhone device? I have both, but I, I think for the purpose of what you're about to ask me to do, Jordan, I'm going to go with my Android. You're going to go with your Android? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with my, my Pixel 2 because I have both because I think any great usability e-commerce person should have both. But I'm, I'm going to go with my Pixel 2 just to be contrarian. Okay, okay. So then lastly here, what is your favorite mobile app and why? I think my favorite mobile app is probably my podcast app, actually. I think, you know, look, I think my most used mobile app is, is Facebook. I still use Facebook to keep up with my friends make fun of my friends, to make fun of myself. Um, I think that's kind of what it's there for. I, I, I try not to post about politics or, or any sort of like sappy stuff. I, I kind of have very specific and, and in some ways a, a little, I don't know, 
Orwellian points of view on how Facebook should be used. But I'm a, my podcast app is like the thing I probably use the most when I'm trying to just forget about work, right? When I get on a plane and you have that 30 minutes before you're allowed to use the internet again, it's like this olive branch that I get on a daily basis, which, which is just, it's so much more Zen than I ever could have possibly thought it would be. Really cool. It's really funny you say that. I'm actually working on a podcast project and this app should change the game for podcasting. And in doing that, I've been doing my research and I came across this other app that I think is really cool. Have you heard of uh, Pocket Cast? No. If you like podcasting app, you might want to check out Pocket Cast. I think their, their UI and UX is pretty top notch in what I've found. I, I really do think there is an opportunity for someone to create the Pandora, if you will, of podcasts. Because for me, it's almost like this never-ending scavenger hunt of finding great content. And for those, I think the place that most people have had this in their life is with Netflix, right? Where you hear people talk about how they have to break up with TV shows, right? Because they have too many in their life. I think we could all be so lucky. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's so much amazing content out there that being able to find and discover it's almost impossible. Yet I'm sure there's this personalized Netflix-esque experience based on content preferences and your ratings and reviews and all the things they do for video content that's available for podcasts as well. And, and it's been nice to see that there's actually been a little bit of venture capital money flowing back into the podcast world after there wasn't for a long time. So yeah, it's just a medium that personally I, I just take so much joy from that I never feel like I can do enough to reciprocate. Well, Charlie, thanks so much for taking the time and sharing a lot of the resources that, that have helped you get to where you are today, as well as being really transparent in the journey that's gotten you here. And I think we got some really amazing takeaways of what happened with toomey.com and, and how you were able to really turn the ship around and get it to where it is, to where now it's full sales ahead on the bow. So again, thank you for the time. Yeah, my pleasure, Jordan. And really, people don't take my offer at face value. Like, I mean, we... Jordan and I joked before this that we could go on for three hours, but we, we have to kind of keep it somewhat brief. But please do reach out if you have specific questions. I'm happy to get far more tactical than, than time allowed today. Hey, thank you for listening. For additional resources on how to increase sales and performance with your mobile experiences, head over to www.emergemobilefirst.com and select the get free resources button there at the top and gain instant exclusive access to tools and resources from all of our guests aggregated into one single place just for you. Now I'm looking forward to digging in with my next guest, but until next time, think mobile first.